1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May podcast, uh, edition 100 and something. Um, But it's been a while. Matter of fact, there's been quite a few flights on this podcast when I haven't had what I would refer to as my regular co pilot. Uh, uh, Maybe some people think he should be flying this thing. I'm not ready to hand over the controls yet, but I do like to flick on the autopilot from time to time. But uh, awesome Ward, welcome back to the Tim May podcast after quite a hiatus
0: great to be back i'm sure that they're not asking for me to take over this is your show
1: would you call it a hiatus or a sabbatical which one better fits the bill were you out improving yourself since the last time you were on i don't
0: i don't think it was either i just you know we're very busy men and our schedules don't all have to align every single week yeah you know once once i get back uh you know in the plane we'll fly it wherever it needs to go but sometimes you know you fly it the Tim May podcast I head over to Letterman Live which is where I was and I was wearing that headset so I, I still I probably should have fixed up this hair before we got out here to record to, you look good yeah. you, you look out fresco you look good yeah to give but, away uh, when're we were recording this but but I'm back and uh, I'm sure we'll pick up right where we left off
1: yeah this is an op- open cockpit plane we are getting a lot of, a lot of uh, air coming across but uh, a lot of air coming out too if you know what I'm saying <laughs> but I digress. Awesome. I just wanted to take a little short time to say hello to you again. But the bottom line is, uh, as I told you before we started, I've been covering Ohio State football since 1984. In case somebody's new to this podcast and hadn't heard me say that 400 times uh, a day. Uh, and I've been around Ohio State football since 1976. I was there, I was around when uh, when Art Schleicher walked in as a freshman, four weeks of practice, four and a half weeks of practice, and became the starter. Uh, his first year at Ohio State in 1978, Rod Gerald moved to wide receiver. Uh, my, my point is we're sitting there on a Monday. We're recording this on Monday of this week, of third week of uh, preseason camp for uh, the Ohio State football team. And uh, moments after uh, Ryan Day says, yes, there's been some separation in the quarterback room, which you had been alluding to for a while and which I grudgingly went there just because I wanted to hear it come out of his mouth. But uh, that C.J. Stroud is, in essence, didn't want to clear him number one or the starter, but he has some separation. So whatever that means, it means. But as I like to say, he came out of the gate number one or the leader and has stayed there. But like a few minutes later, walking behind the whole group of media, and I caught it on a little snippet of video, was Quinn Ewers, finally on campus. His first day of practice was Monday of this week. He was one of the last guys, if not the last guy, to leave the field or the cold tubs And that post-practice ritual, uh, the Ohio State football team puts their players through so they don't, uh, you know, so they don't uh, get get all uh, tightened up after a practice. And I'm just thinking, this is the weirdest time I've ever remembered from a quarterback room standpoint at Ohio State with C.J. Stroud sitting there, uh, Kyle McCord and Jack Miller sitting there, and Quinn Ewers coming into town and now sitting there. You know, depending on how you add up the stars, that's at least 18 stars, maybe 19 if you give Cal McCord five at one point. But uh, 18 stars worth of quarterbacks, all of who are, who are either Richard Freshman, who are uh, C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, or Freshman, Cal McCord and Quinn Ewers, all sitting there in the same room. And I want to get into what that room is going to look like a year from now or five months from now. But you got to admit, this this is a moment in time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like uh, taking the 2015 offseason quarterback discuss- discussion and saying, "All right, I'll raise you one, yeah, um, or or more, depending on what you're talking about with the star rankings." Because as good as Braxton Miller was when he was healthy and before, you know, he he recognized the time to move to wide receiver. Uh, as great as Cardale Jones was during the national title run, and what J.T. Barrett accomplished before that injury, we weren't talking about nothing but five star recruits out of those guys. They, you know, they had to earn their place and then they were veterans and the situation was a little bit different than what we're talking about right now with, uh, you know, all three of those guys had experience for Ohio state and zero out of these four, you know, in, in significant moments have that CJ Stroud came off the bench, um, you know, in big games, but just briefly, uh, (laughs) to replace Justin Fields very briefly, he and Jack Miller both got it in some, some uh, late reps, uh, not as many as they would have anticipated during their freshman year and and ran the football and, and handed it off. Neither of neither of them threw a pass. Yeah, um, let me
1: interrupt you. And each of them has a rushing touchdown, you know? Right. I mean, go figure, but go ahead. <laughs> it's crazy. And,
0: you know, Kyle McCord obviously doesn't have – he's a true freshman. He doesn't have any of that. And Quinn Ewers is supposed to be in high school. So it's it's a fascinating dynamic. You're not <laughs> – probably ever going to look through Ohio State history and find guys uh, certainly not more recruiting rankings higher recruiting rankings this would be the most talented group on paper but it's also one of the most inexperienced that Ohio State's ever had and that's this is the true test for for Ryan Day with probably won't be the last time that he has the situation to be quite honest because that's just the way of the world when you're dealing with four and five star recruits and the best in the country and free transfers and all the other things that go on with it but um, you know, this is why Ohio State wanted this quarterback guru to, tech, to take over the program for Urban Meyer and reload that position and retool it, and and this will be that big challenge for him now moving forward.
1: You know, we had a nice discussion last week after one of the practices, uh, you, Jeremy Birmingham, Spencer Holbrook, and yours truly about that, I and mean, I brought up the fact that, the, you know, this uh, – at the least, this is a curiosity for all concerned, including the players and the coaches. I mean, everybody's curious to see really how good this Quinn Ewers kid is. You know, I, I believe Ryan Day has a wherewithal to keep it from becoming a distraction from within. But there's no doubt about the public interest in this. I mean, this is a, you know, this guy's already done a commercial for Holy Kombucha. Remember when I asked Ryan Day whether he'd tried that drink or not yet today in the uh, press conference? And he said, no. no, he hadn't tried it yet. But the bottom line is this this guy's already got uh, uh, commercials and he's not even – or endorsements. He's not even – he's barely been on campus. I mean, this – in all kinds of ways, this is just the the strangest time ever. But, you know, it's uh, – I, I, I just think – I don't know how you handle this as a head coach because the problem is you're going to have a hole in your quarterback situation a year from now unless – unless something really strange happens and two of these guys don't move on, whoever the two are, who knows, you know? Uh, but uh, don't you agree? I mean, it's it's uh, it's just put, the, put Ohio State in the best of times and maybe uh, a year from now in the worst of times in terms of uh, getting a third quarterback in there who they trust, who can, you know, I mean, is, is highly recruited, though, talented enough to, et cetera, to, to be that third guy in, et cetera. But I mean, this is an interesting moment in that regard, right?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just look at it, Tim. Like, this moment was probably going was going to happen at some point for Ohio State. You know, whenever Quinn Ewers arrived, yeah, uh, not all four of these guys were ever going to play together. Now that the timeline was probably uh, bumped up a little bit, um, maybe even by a full year. But I, I just look at it like at some point, yeah, Ohio State was going to have to probably you know take a graduate transfer to plug that hole or find somebody like Gunnar Hoke who you know, had had his shot somewhere else and and is ready to embrace a role if maybe he wants to be a coach down the road or, you know, just be a quality backup. You know, at some point, that's going to have to be what that third guy is. I don't think you can build a roster that has nothing but five-star recruits at quarterback in this day and age. So I, I don't look at it as w- when you say, you know, best of time or, or worst of time. To me, it's not a hole that wasn't going to, have to be filled at some point. So yeah, um, it's tough. It's, that's the way of the world now. Um, And it's certainly fascinating for Quinn Ewers because we've never seen anything like this. Um, But from Ryan Day's perspective, I think he probably is okay. Like I think he's ambivalent towards the way it worked. Like he gets Quinn Ewers on campus. He gets him going to get to find out a little bit sooner uh, or get him prepared, whatever, however you want to view it. That's that's underway. You don't have to wait till Quinn Ewers shows up in January. You've got all four of them now. There's probably a limit to how much evaluation and, and real work Quinn Ewers will do between now and the end of January. But, you know, at this way, like, all right, let's get that over with. You don't have to. That moment's not going to be down the road in a year and kicking it down and put it off as long as possible. I think the way, you know, the Ryan Day that, that you and I seem to know, I think you would rather tackle that right now and then yeah. find what, what that next problem is going to be later on.
1: Yeah. But I'll tell you what, the Ryan Day I know, and you know, I mean, he knows he's got a pretty pretty damn good football team, you know, on the hoof, as the old yeah. saying goes. So many so many unknown uh, variables in this, though, you know, from the secondary to uh, how those linebackers are going to play to your starting quarterback, who is, no matter who it is, has never thrown a pass in college. Uh, but you're right, I think, you know, he's got to be, I don't know. I keep using the word champion at the bit, but I mean, the term champion at the bit just because a lot of people come mispronouncing it. So that's why I like to use it. But I also like to use it because I think he would really like to know more about Quinn Ewers right now, a guy that he quote offered in quote as an eighth grader, you know, and, uh, and has been intrigued by this guy for four, for three years. And now he's on campus, but really it's like you can't really do anything with the season, you know, three weeks away. You can't really do anything with him right now, but you would sure like to open that present and see what it's all about. You know, it's because, I mean, Ryan Day loves quarterbacks. I mean, he was one, you know, and uh, he loves where a great quarterback can take his offense. Look what he did with Justin Fields, you know, and uh, before that with Dwayne Haskins, you know, uh, with urban Meyer and stuff. And so I'm just, I I think this is a really interesting time for Ryan day specifically, because like you said, he knows this is a, uh, this is an anomaly. And, uh, and I, I, you know, maybe it's hyperbole to talk about the worst of times, best of times, worst of times, only because, you know, you would really like to know which of these four is clearly the best guy. And you'd like to know it sooner rather than later. You follow? Because that's be that could be the guy that sets the tone for three seasons for your football team. And yet you can't really go to this new guy yet because he hadn't been around enough for, for you to legitimately just throw him in there. But, but has he been, you know what I mean? Will Ryan day take that shot? I mean, I don't think he will, but what do you think? And I don't mean as a starter, but don't you think he's as curious as anyone to see what Quinn Ewers is all about?
0: Uh, yes. And no, I'm not, I'm not meaning to hedge on that, but I, I that's kind of like my oh. best of times, worst of times answer. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've had conversations with, with people in the program who are yeah. going to be working with Quinn Ewers and, and they are stressing the need to tap the brakes. So what maybe what you're saying is, would Ryan Day want to do that? There's probably a part of him that does. There's a bigger part of him that I think, um, you know, and he hasn't said this directly to me or publicly to anybody, but, you know, when he's talking in his press conference about on Monday about we're going to show him the locker room. We're got, you know, this is not just coach speak and trying to deflect. There is so much that has to be learned to play this position. And I've said it, you know, every day on that practice report for the last two weeks. I've said it on Letterman Live. I've said it anytime that the, the fan calls on the radio to talk about Quinn Ewers. Huh. It is not realistic to throw him into these situations right now. Forget about, you know, the jokes about, do you know your way around the Woody? You get a playbook, maybe he'll learn it in a hurry. Maybe he knows where the receiver's supposed to go, where he's supposed to go with the ball. But beyond that, it's deciphering coverages, it's sliding protections, it's understanding when to throw the football away, when to take a shot. These are the things that you know go into playing the position that are not something you can acquire in two weeks. So
1: yeah.
0: he may, they may give him five plays, and he might master it really quickly. But there's so much more that he has to know before he can take it to not not only a game field but a practice field, and so that's the part where if you're Ryan Day and Corey Dennis, I think that you're getting this sense of like, hey, slow down here. He's really, really talented, and he may be really, really intelligent, able to process all this stuff faster than anybody else. And and I'm not saying that anything is impossible for anybody with his ability or or you know, or for working with a coach like Ryan Day, you know, he could certainly prove the world wrong, but I think that everybody involved came into this with the expectation that you're supposed to be playing for South Lake Carroll right now, not competing for a national championship. You're not ready for that. And by January, maybe you'll have gained so much from three and a half months that you can go into a spring battle with, with whether that's Kyle McCord or CJ Stroud, you know, I think those, I mean, those are the two guys at the top of the depth chart right now. And maybe you're better prepared for that than you ever would have been uh, on August 16th.
1: You know what they would let him do? They would let uh, Quinn Ewers, the first couple of home games, go out into the parking lots and throw footballs with fans, you know, and uh, kind of build up his rep and build up. Uh, you know, I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Playing quarterback is so much about so much more than throwing the ball, you know. But uh, anybody who's seen him play, Watched video of him play, knows this guy is special in throwing the football, but uh, there is so much to learn. I agree with that 100%. Uh, and uh, but I just know, I just know based on the experts that this guy's got something about him that experts didn't see in the other three guys that are in that room, you know, when they were coming out of high uh, oh, school. I, and, I
0: don't know about that, Tim. I mean, see was number three in the country.
1: Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just going, this is the highest rated quarterback Ohio State has ever recruited. I mean, based on the, you know, the the recruiting uh, experts' uh, rankings, you know. But I agree. Yeah, C.J. Stroud was the MVP of the Elite 11. I mean, no, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting to him in a moment, man, because I'm not going to forget about him. Uh, believe trying me. to
0: grab the wheels back to this jet.
1: Yeah, I know. But, the, but the, you got to let the jet sometimes fly over the Atlantic before it comes back in and, like, you know, hits the Rockies. But uh, I agree with the Appalachians. I got, I'm got. i on the wrong side of the country now. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm just talking about the curiosity factor. Uh, you know, it's kind of like reminds me of baseball. When you've got this phenom down in the minor leagues lighting it up, you know, with his fastball, and when do you bring him up? When's he ready? When's he ready? You know, well, it's not quite like that because you don't get those – you don't You don't get minor league uh, reps, you know, in, in major college football. You've kind of got to bite the bullet, bite your lip. And if you want to see what this guy is all about, if you want, in fact, a C.J. Stroud, Quinn Ewers battle this time of year from now, you know, you you got to eventually try to figure out how you can make see him in real action, even even before the spring, in my opinion. But uh, and I that, that's where I think it's going to be a curious situation for for uh, Ryan Day because I think Kyle McCord is damn good. You know what I mean? From what we've seen of him, I know you agree with me on that. And I think Jack Miller's damn good. But I think Kyle McCord is special in his own way. I think C.J. Stroud is, too. And uh, now you've got this other guy that everybody says is the best you've ever seen, you know, come to Ohio State. I, that, I guess that's where I'm going with that. And I know you get tired of me hammering on that, but the curiosity but, factor cannot be discounted.
0: But here's – you know, I'm not sure that from that coaching side that that curiosity is so strong that they want to – bypass what would have been the look at Kyle McCord uh, if you're you know you don't just because Quinn Ewers showed up they're not gonna throw another five star in the trash like Kyle McCord is really freaking good and Quinn Ewers is not supposed to be here so just because he just because he is just because there's a unique situation Ohio State's invested a ton in Kyle McCord and Jack Miller I agree And, and so I don't think that the curiosity is strong enough that they, cause they will look at Quinn Ewers and Mickey Marotti will look at Quinn Ewers and say, that guy is not ready to be put into a big 10 football game. He's got a great arm. He is not, he hasn't been through a mat drill. He hasn't been through summer conditioning. He hasn't done anything physically to prepare to play in a game like this. As great as Texas football is, and I, I'll defer to you on that. And I I saw what he was doing in May when Berman and I went down and watched some of this practice. Like it's high level football and they get to, they get the advantage of that development in spring, but that's, that doesn't prepare you to get hit by a Michigan defensive end. Who's going to go to the NFL at some point. Um, and, and that's the part where I don't believe personally. And based on the conversations I've had, that that curiosity is going to elevate Quinn Ewers into game situations that he's not ready for, and especially ahead of Kyle McCord or Jack Miller, when Ohio State also needs to find out if those two can be a realistic threat. Again, I'm just gonna we're gonna use hype CJ Stroud as the starter here for the purpose of transparency. Wait, me, wait, me, wait a
1: minute wait a minute. we'll we'll use it. he's the leader. Go ahead now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Leaders and hey, legends. Go ahead. That curiosity, my my vantage point of that is that, all right? You're going to go through the motions, Quinn Ewers. You're going to find out way more about this in August, September, October, November than you ever would have if you were at South Lake Carroll. Yep. But this time, currently, is des- is designated for the guys who are here, ready, and working, and are really good, and they need to find out. Maybe Kyle McCord is better than Quinn Ewers once they get into the program. I don't know. Yeah. But Ryan. I don't believe that Ryan Day is going to skip over the two guys are here just because of that curiosity factor. And I'm not dis- disagreeing with anything you've said about other players wanting to see if he's the real deal. You know, the, the part that the coaching staff left to fight, maybe wanting to put it into a game and get even more of a head start from their perspective. Uh, certainly the fan and media interest in Quinn Ewers due to that recruiting ranking. I understand all that as well. But I, I don't, that's the part where I say, Let's not get ahead of it because the other guys are really good, too.
1: Yeah. You know, if you go back and, and check my testimony, uh, I didn't say necessarily that they that he would shove him in. I, I am as curious about no. Kyle McCord as I am Quinn Ewers. As a matter of fact, all the spring game did for me about Kyle McCord was pique my curiosity, P-I-Q-U-E. I think <laughs> I did that right, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think Kyle McCord. Is the real deal. He's a little different looking quarterback than Quinn Ewers in in some respects. Uh, But shorter hair, yeah, well, shorter hair for sure, yeah. But (laughs) yeah, I was just, you know, I was pretty much. uh, I just, I just would like to be in Ryan Day's mind right now because I guarantee you there are all kinds of thoughts going on because I'm not sure any coach has ever had it like this. You know, from the not. The, from the talent that's on hand at the quarterback room, but the inexperience, all at the same time. If you, you know, CJ Stroud, like we said, is yet to throw a pass in college football. Of course, Kyle McCord hasn't, Jack Miller hasn't, and neither is Quinn Ewers. And uh, I just think this is one of the just the the rarest time I can ever remember in, on any college campus uh, of of having this kind of quality starting or kind of quality quarterback talent in the same damn room. You know, it's, it's crazy. and, uh, and, uh, it, and but, but past that, I really think, you know, even Bobby Stroop, the guy I had on uh, several weeks ago who's worked with Quinn Ewers now for three years, he even said pump the brakes. You know, he didn't use that term, but he intimated pump the brakes. I mean, you know, don't – you know, d- be realistic in your expectations on, all, on this guy from the standpoint of early on. Cause he's got to learn people's names, you know, uh, much less formation names and, and what you do. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, as the old saying goes, as Ryan Day will say, and Tom Herman used to say every play has an answer, no matter what the question is posed to you by the defense, you've got to learn those answers, you know, and, uh, and get on with it. So yeah, he's got a hell of a lot to learn. Now let's move forward real quick. Although, unless you want to say something in retrospect there.
0: Well, I know that we, we poke a lot of fun about, uh, you know, the, the Tate Martell warning to Justin Fields and and how you need a year to really learn. And yeah, understand. see, but, there you go. But there's a part of that that's certainly, certainly true. And, uh, you know, the timeline will not be the same for everybody. But I, I think it would be a dramatic outlier to think that that could happen in two weeks or even three months. Oh, I agree. I agree. And, and that's and that's the part that I think is just important to keep in mind. And If Quinn Ewers is as special as the recruiting analysts believe, as Ryan Day believed when he saw him as an eighth grader throwing the football around, well, what these three and a half months could mean to him by next year's training camp, who knows? That could be dramatic. And we'll look back and, and everyone will want to use hindsight and say, well, why didn't you play him right away? I don't know that that's going to happen. I know that's what happened when Joe Burrow left and (laughs) And another no. battle that we talked about with 2015, and then a couple of years later with J.T. Barrett again being involved with Dwayne Haskins when he leaves, and Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow and Tate Martell, there, that was also a wild one. The more we think about it, Tim, we've seen truly, truly, you know, the the most yes uh, exhilarating or you know scrutinized quarterback battles in the country, you know, located here. It, it's a combination of all you know Ohio State's power, its brand, and in fact they're really good players but we've seen all to your point we've seen a bunch of really wild ones really good ones two first round draft picks going at it in the spring and and one having to leave town um and this one is even different than the than the high profile ones we've covered in the last just the last six years so yeah,
1: yeah. It, i mean we saw we we watched a heisman trophy winner go at it you know in in four or five years ago he just ended up transferring, didn't win the Heisman Trophy at LSU. I mean, I, I keep telling people this, uh, Awesome. This is the best of times, man. This this is the best of times, uh, the golden years, when it comes to Ohio State football offense. There is no doubt about before. it. I mean, just what, what you just laid out is just the greatest example of that. I mean, you know, everybody, oh, Ohio State's never put a quarterback in the NFL, you know. Well, you know, Dwayne Haskins is looking pretty good now in his new home at Pittsburgh uh Joe Burrow we all saw he was pretty good too yeah and Justin Fields looked pretty good the other day so I mean you know uh, things you know wait long enough and things change you know what I mean and that's that's exactly what happened but now let's move on to this uh finally Ryan Day acknowledges that CJ Stroud is the leader you know you've been like biting people look closely on your video right now you can see the teeth marks in the in Awesome's uh, lower lip where he's been biting his lip, trying to say that this guy is the guy. Why is everybody um, making a big deal about it, including myself? I just did it because I like to provoke you. But the bottom line is C.J. Stroud is the leader. I don't see him giving it up. I don't see him losing that lead over the next two weeks. What do you think?
0: I mean, he could get hurt. He could step off. Yeah, I mean,
1: we're talking about (laughs) catastrophe. As the old saying goes, catastrophe.
0: Yeah, he he's the starting quarterback for Ohio State, and that's been almost certain to be the case since January one. I mean, that's uh, when they tapped him on the on the helmet and said, "You're going in." When Justin Fields is getting medical attention, I mean, that's the Sugar Bowl. That's a college football playoff. That's that's against Clemson. They didn't just flip a coin on the bench and say, "All right, well, it's you instead of Jack or you instead of Gunner Hoke." I mean, C.J. Stroud had earned it again. It wasn't the freshman year that he wanted. Certainly wasn't the one that anybody in college football wanted, if they, especially for a freshman. But by the end of it, he had obviously taken to the coaching. Um, you know, he – I think C.J. Stroud would be the first to admit that there's a lot – that one year that we alluded to earlier with like Tate Martell or Justin Fields or Dwayne Haskins trying to learn a playbook. I think C.J. Stroud, like, this is a different level of football than he played you you had his coach former coach on a couple of weeks ago on your, on the podcast i mean there was that that was a lot for him to learn a different level of football a different kind of offense different responsibilities and i think it's telling that he was able to get himself into a position even with limitations of zoom fewer reps not much game work that ohio state had that confidence level in him in the playoffs to turn to him that, i mean that's I think it's important to keep that in mind why I've been saying for eight months that this is how this is going to end. he was he was ahead of schedule in that regard and he's only had more time to get better physically, mentally, uh, all of that. And I think this guy's gonna have a, a heck of a year. I get a bunch of questions, I'm sure you do too, Tim, that they well how how long should the leash be if Kyle McCord's as good as you guys say or yeah. um, if he struggles against Minnesota, or Oregon, I mean, those are fun hypotheticals, but I would be really surprised if C.J. Stroud struggles. This guy carries himself like a starting quarterback and always has, and I think that you put him in a, in an advantageous situation with that huge offensive line that you, you've talked about. Uh, the uh, – the what what are they? The Hawking – I call them the, the Blocking Hills. Blocking Hills, the Blocking Hills. Uh, that's, and, that's my ode to Ohio yeah, is the Blocking yeah, Hills. Absolutely. I love it. And then – that talented backfield and then best receivers in the country yeah i i I think that he's he's a guy who can take the keys that urban meyer expression to the ferrari and and keep it on the road uh, where it needs to go i'm really excited to watch him just because i think that he's got a really really cool you know swagger to him i was gonna say
1: awesome the limited time we've gotten to watch him and I, I paid close attention. I love I love quarterbacks, man. And what gets me, and I'm this isn't casting aspersions on the other two. And I don't mean to keep adding these uh you know little rejoinders or explanations because I'm you know you you say what you say, right? But I just like the way just the smooth way he carries himself and how cool he looks out there uh on the field and and how that one practice we got to watch where it seemed to be clear to me that guys were kind of rallying around him. I mean, you know, for one of another term, I mean, uh, we haven't got to watch him actually even really play football except, uh, you know, uh, uh, the time he ran in there, you know, and, and in the spring game. And I thought he looked really cool in the spring game, just the way he carries himself. And there's a lot to be said about that, about that smooth demeanor. You know, I, I, I liken it to a certain extent to the way Russell Wilson carries himself. But I think CJ Stroud physically, uh uh, Weapons-wise, athletically is superior to Russell Wilson in, in in several different several ways, including height. You know, but I I mean there I mean yeah, that's what sure. I'm saying. I mean there's there's no doubt about people are going to be excited about the fact that the, the number one ranked player in the in the class of 2022 and maybe now 2021, but I don't know is it him or Tui Moloa? I'm talking about Quinn Ewers. <laughs> you know that they're both on campus right now, but that Quinn Ewers is on campus right now. But that C.J. Stroud, you know, it's this guy, like you said, if there had been a need for a starting quarterback last year when he showed up, he might have been competing for it. Do you agree? I mean, he would have been right in there.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about how different that could have looked um, oh, yeah. for Ohio State. Because um, I'm also not, you know, suggesting right now that he could have played anywhere near the level that Justin Fields did. No, I'm just saying it feels hadn't been around is my point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. But that's, that's also my point when we're talking about what that is like for this depth chart or curiosity for Quinn Ewers. It wouldn't have been fair to expect C.J. Stroud, another five-star lead 11 MVP, uh, to go in right away and simply match what you know, a Heisman Trophy finalist and a first-round pick was able to do. Because it's hard to do that at that position with all the responsibility and maturity that's required. I, I'm not saying any of this to knock Quinn Ewers, as I said, over and over. I've seen him throw. I've been blown away by what he can do with his arm talent. But I've also seen C.J. Stroud do that. And I know that if you give somebody more time and more reps and more lifts with Mickey Marathi, you know, good things come from that. And I, I don't know. Just, I think that to see – CJ Stroud. Once you get to Week One, if you're Ohio State, then I think maybe some of this curiosity intrigue factor with with yours will subside a little bit because you're you're about to see another five star under center with the experience or or with the added time in the system. That, I don't I don't know that that will happen. That's more of a prediction or an educated guess. Yeah. But I think that that's probably what's going to happen is that you know some of this as we're dealing with it right now, literally on the first day that Quinn Ewers puts on a a practice uniform, a black non-contact jersey and an Ohio State helmet. Like, you know, this has never happened. I get it why there's so much interest inside and outside the Woody. But I think you get to September 2nd, you see somebody who could be a Heisman Trophy finalist himself. Then it gets a little bit easier to back off and say, all right, we can take it slow here. we're We're not trying to need Quinn Ewers this season we've got CJ Stroud in control here
1: yeah personally I, I predict that uh, Quinn Ewers will see some time later in the year uh or maybe in one of these one of those early uh non-conference games we'll see uh other than Oregon uh we'll see what happens I and I, I but definitely I think Kyle McCord's going to get some time Jack Miller probably will get some time but uh I think I think you're going to see when you were sometime this season throw the football and you know on the field in a real game and you know the only reason I'm saying that his clock has, is ticking, you know his three-year clock is ticking. Uh, if he's as good as everybody thinks he is, is you know he's Ohio State's got a three-year window to take advantage of it. If he's not as good as everybody thinks he is, there will be somebody else coming along. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so his clock is ticking. And it behooves Ohio State to somehow or, or another figure out whether he does have the goods, you know, and, uh, and I'm just talking about down the road this season, but I do think he's going to see action in some game or games as this year goes along. And like you said, the injury factor uh, could could throw a real monkey wrench into everything we're talking about here as we've seen it happen time and again, uh, covering Ohio State football. Hey, last thing, uh, I asked uh Ryan, is there been any separation? He said there's been separation CJ Stroud uh above the other two. And I asked if there's been any separation between those other two guys, Kyle McCord and Jack Miller. Uh you fully believe that the number 2 guys is, is Kyle McCord right now, right? I certainly do. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're consistent on that. I thought you would uh, I thought you would expand on that, but I just like the way well, you I, you know, no, no, no. No, I totally appreciate you being terse with your answer. Go ahead. I could. I mean, I've been gone so long that I was trying.
0: That yeah. was what I worked on on sabbatical. Like you say, that I talk too much and take too much time, and you and I both get long-winded. I thought maybe, hey, I'll just drop in a simple uh,
1: affirmatory answer, and we'll move on. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I said that. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, now you let, now I have a, a loss for words. Go. Go figure. He's. He's a uh, look. Hey, let's think. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead i go ahead
0: leave now. More press with Kyle McCord. Uh, you know, I think I probably would have said a lot of similar things about Kyle McCord in spring camp that I'm saying about Quinn Ewers now. Yeah. And Kyle McCord definitely, and I'd be, I'll would be, i be the first to admit it, did more in those 15 practices and in that spring game than I anticipated that he would. And I, you know, I bring that up because it's a reminder that all these guys are really talented and given the right circumstance, hey, hey if Quinn Ewers had got to, you know, reclassify way earlier and gone through a spring. Hey, maybe I'd be talking about this completely differently than this particular situation, which is two weeks before the season opener against a big 10 opponent on the road on a Thursday night. Um, but Kyle McCord did have that opportunity and he absolutely made the most of it. Yes. The way he throws the deep ball is really what, what gets me. I think that if you look at, he has a lot of faith in his arm and that's probably something that Ryan Day is Corey Dennis are working on that you know protecting the football and not taking too many chances I think that would be something that sets CJ Stroud apart having gone through a year and watched and learned from Justin Fields he probably is is more decisive and safer with the football than what Kyle McCord would be and there's there's good and bad that comes with that we all know what Brett Favre did with that gunslinger mentality yeah there's part of that with Kyle McCord as well um but I I believe uh pretty strongly at this point that if Ohio State needs a second guy on September 2nd, that that would be the true freshman. And I'm not usually a person who would elevate that, as this entire episode has proven.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. But uh, uh, Kyle McCord now, you know, taking everything we saw in the spring game with a grain of salt, since they, they had the uh, don't hit me, don't-hit-me-hard jerseys on. Joe Burrow, remember that one spring, he didn't get to wear one of those. And uh, he ended up winning the Heisman Trophy three, four years later. But I digress. Bottom line is, I think Ohio State, golly, pardon the pun, is in good hands at quarterback. I mean, no matter really, uh, you could make a case for all three of these guys, the, the guys who are there, having a shot at it. Uh, it's just good to finally hear that, um, that Ryan Day has named a, a leader in the group. And of course, yeah. now you throw Quinn Ewers in, and he's got a lot to learn. But you know, too many people say he's too talented for him not to rise somewhere during this season and get a shot. I want to ask you one other thing before we get out of here. I asked Ryan Day in, in the press conference, has there been any separation at running back? You know, I mean, uh, give us a separation there. And he went on to talk about, yeah, Travion Henderson's added a spark to the group. I think that might have been the, the term he used. anyway, he added a jump to the group. But mm-hmm. uh, Master Tiga thirds had his best preseason or, you know, last couple of weeks ever. And really likes his uh, the way he's got. And then he went on to add Mayan Williams, who we've seen taking first reps a lot of times when they get in line out there. And then he added, of course, uh, Evan Pryor, who had his black stripe removed last week. And then, of course, he added Marcus Crowley, He had some really good moments last week. So, what do you take from all that? Who is the, I think the starting, I think the starting running back for Ohio State on, 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 was it September 2nd at Minnesota? is going to be Master the third. I do believe that. I'm talking about the guy who's out there first, depending on the situation, but the guy who's out there first. But what do you take? I mean, just give me a quick glimpse of who do you What is? – where is the separation there, you think?
0: Yeah, I, I actually think Lyon Williams will get the first uh, rushing attempt of the season for Ohio State. Um,
1: yeah, I see you always – I see you always cozying up to Tony Alford as he's leaving the field. I know you got inside info there, but go ahead.
0: Well, I mean, usually I, right. I try
1: to cozy up to him too because he's one of my favorite people. Forget coaching; uh, he's a great I guy. I love talking
0: to Tony Alford. Um, and and look, I think he loves all five of the options. He does. It's not just the four. Um, you know, I think he. If you have that conversation, if we're cozying up next to him, he would tell you, whoever the first guy is, he still believes that the other four could also really help. Um, and I think Evan Pryor was ruled out of that conversation or not included in it as much heading into training camp. Um, Two weeks later, they're seeing a lot of things from the way that he attacks uh, practice work habits. Um, To me, uh, you know, Berman, I right before COVID had gone down to meet him in North Carolina. I was like, all right, maybe this would be a little bit of that H back and Curtis Samuel type type look. He is, I tell you, you see those blocking drills, the open periods of practice that we get to watch. Evan Pryor is not afraid to go after somebody uh, and do some of the pass protection pickup, all blitz pickup stuff that that needs to be done. So I'd put him in that mix. I think Mayan Williams will start the year as that first string guy. I don't think that it's going to be easy to hold that job for more than a couple weeks before number 32 gets rolling. Um, That guy is different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I keep saying it, you know, it's like you've got five running backs there, they're all really good, but you got one guy that's a little bit different, and that's what kind of goes back to what I'm saying about, about Quinn Ewers. There's something different about him, according to all the all the experts. But like you said, and I agree, there's something different about CJ Stroud, and there is a there's a gleam in the eye when Kyle McCord has the ball in his hands, man. I mean, this guy, as the spring game went on, he got better and better. He he sees the moment. I mean, really, you're I left there – I think a lot of people left there talking more about him, like even Gunnar Hoke talked about on my podcast, you know, who was a backup quarterback a year ago. Uh, that's the guy that you kind of left there thinking, wow, that guy. Man. But uh, I just think C.J. Stroud's going to – understands the uh, the Ferrari or the uh, Lamborghini or whatever you want to call it. He understands this vehicle he's driving, and I don't think he's going to wreck it. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I really think the next two weeks he's going to separate himself even more.
0: Yeah, I I do too, and I'm really you know we're so close, Tim. Like yeah, you I got know, to man. See all this out there, two weeks away, and we all need to see it. Uh, we've talked about this so long; it feels like it's been even longer just because of how weird last year was. And you know, the, it's been fun that you know I haven't been uh, on this podcast in a few weeks, but just the fact that we're seeing some elements of practice and, and doing in person interviews, it, it's I I assume I can't know for sure, but I have to feel like. There's more excitement, and enthusiasm for fans knowing that this is shaping up to be a normal year. We're doing normal things to cover the team. Uh, a lot more to talk about when you know the doors are are open and you get to go communicate and, and walk up to people and, and see it with your own eyes, which we didn't have that. So right, you know, I know, I know, I speak for you on this regard that it's it's incredibly uh, satisfying to be able to back doing the thing that we love, and then uh, in a couple of weeks. You know, see, seeing live football again and having that to break down. I, I mean, I just – whether that's C.J. Stroud or Travion Henderson or one through 85, I mean, I, let's let's get let's get there. I, I can't wait.
1: Yeah. And, uh, by the way, uh, before we go, next week you and I are going to break down the defense. We're going to talk about a few interesting spots on the defense, which we just talked about uh, offense, like it's the be-all and end-all, and we know that's not necessarily <laughs> the case. Although the Tim May philosophy is if you outscore everybody, you know, who cares? We're- yeah, you know, uh, all you do, you, you keep keeping score. You know what I mean? I mean, stats are for losers, uh, but I digress. Uh, awesome Ward, Thanks for rejoining the Tim May podcast uh, after that long sabbatical and ladies and gentlemen, as you can tell, I always enjoy having conversation with awesome because we don't necessarily always go ditto. We have different views on things, but that's what makes for a conversation. But until next week for awesome Ward, this is Tim May. We'll see you then.